welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. My co-host for today's segment is Darren Solden, our Director of Economic Development. Thanks for being with us today, Darren. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, we have a great guest today, uh, Jim Jeanette, who is the president of the Manhattan Area Technical College. Jim, thanks for being with us on the ThinkMHK podcast. Thank you for this opportunity. So, Jim, uh, talk about where you're from and how you ended up in Manhattan. I'll keep it short. I grew up in the true south, South Dakota. Uh, when I worked at Southern Arkansas University some years ago, they called me a Yankee. And I said, no, I'm from the true South. I've been in higher education. How did that work for you? About uh, actually, I taught the Civil War at Southern Arkansas University. Uh-huh. It was interesting. I d- but I doubt that they think South Dakota is South in Arkansas. Well, I learned, I learned to talk a lot like they did, okay. and I learned to eat catfish, and okay. it was good. Okay, so you, so you adjusted a little bit to them, so... I've worked in education, higher ed, and K-12 education for 41 years in Oklahoma, Kansas, Illinois, and Arkansas. Uh, wasn't necessarily a career I prepared for, but I loved it. It's been fun. And uh, before I came here, I was at Neosho County Community College in Chanute, and I went there. The president there, he and I were at a previous institution together in different roles. And when I went to help him at Neosho, I said, you got to help me get a presidency. And I applied for several, and uh, I was just tickled to death to get this one because of the opportunities we have. So let's talk a minute about Manhattan Area Technical College um, in, in the history and how it's governed, and then maybe differentiate uh, what the difference between a technical college and a community college. Very good question. Perceptions aren't quite accurate in the community. The college was the VOTEC component of the school district for a long time, and uh, in the early 2000s, uh, the state worked to separate some of the votex from school districts. About 12 of them went to community colleges, and the others became independent. So there are seven uh, technical colleges in the state. We are a college. We're accredited, have the same accreditation as KU, K-State, Johnson County, anything like that. But we have no taxing authority, unlike a community college or a school district. So I get no sales tax. I get no property tax, anything locally. Uh, there's good and bad to that, but that all started in about 2004 when the separation occurred from the school district. Uh, we've had several accreditation visits and reviews, which as any institution does, it's under that. We've come through them fine. I've been here since 2015. Since we don't have taxing authority, we don't have to have elected boards. Our boards are appointed by people on our board. Uh, so we seek out people who believe in our mission and vision. Uh, we can avoid, uh, say it politely, we avoid political agendas. And that there's that trade-off of not having some of the resources we'd like if we were a taxing authority versus being nimble, agile, and responsive to business needs on the other hand. So you talked about your board. How many members are on your board? Right now we have eight. Uh, we are, we've just been publishing notices. We're accepting uh, applications. We'd like to get two more at least. We also have our own foundation, 501c3. We have six trustees on there, and then we work with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation as well. And then the history of MATC specifically, uh, how did that, how, when did it start? And the, you, you talked about the separation right. from the s- schools. With the legislation that was necessary, the official separation occurred in about 2005. Um, shortly after I got here, we had the second official accreditation review, and we've had one other one since then, came through them fine. 
um, it took a while to do the complete separation from the school district in terms of some of the regulations and policies. Under state statute, we're still under those, even though we're not a USD. So over the years, we keep kind of weaning that out, working with the legislature, working with our faculty, our own policies and procedures. That's been one of the most significant internal things is kind of making that separation complete because we don't have those resources. We can't always abide by those policies. And and real quick, most people who are listening to this podcast will know, but your lo- talk, your location and then your facilities. Right. We're on Reese and Dickens over on the west side of town um, with the help of Evergy. Uh, they purchased some property from us to put in a substation, so we have a very nice visible entrance now. Um, we have about 88,000 square feet of facility space on our campus right across from Seco Park. And uh, over the last four years, even with COVID, we've averaged almost 7% enrollment growth per year. Uh, talented, skilled workforce is the number one need everywhere. So you can talk a little bit about that growth. What are some of the largest core programs at, at MATC? Healthcare is certainly the, the largest overall. We do allied health such as EMT, CNA, CMA, phlebotomy training. Uh, we'll be adding advanced EMT this coming year. In nursing, we do both PN and RN levels of nursing. Um, the PN students have to apply to get in the RN program. We get a lot of PN students from other areas that apply for RN. Uh, we probably, well, we take in close to 160 nursing students a year. Uh, overall, with Allied Health, we probably take in close to 300 students a year. Uh, some of the high school kids are able to take CNA courses. That qualifies under the Excellent CTE program for the state to pay for that. We also turn out a lot of folks in welding, construction trades, auto technology. With Autotech, uh, we have a partnership at Manhattan High School. We actually teach it there as, as well as on our campus. And we have about 100 students at the high school in addition to what we have on campus. So all those things have provided the growth. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit more about that, that high school component and kind of how MATC works with the school district. So my first year here in 2015-16, we had 12 Manhattan High School students taking early college classes with us, 12. Uh, this past year, we were over 500, and they want more. Uh, in addition, we work with Riley and, and Blue Rapids. We work with Pot County Schools. That's why we have the center in Wamego. Um, part of it is the state provides uh, funding through a program called Excel and CTE. So for qualifying technical courses, technical programs, the state pays us instead of the student. So they can take welding, auto tech, CNA, they can get into other things as well, but that's helped burgeon a lot of that growth. But I also made it intentional to reach out to get those high school students. Um, there were some people concerned that they wouldn't understand about coming to MATC and getting that, but the, this, those youngins picked it up quick that I can do this. It's shorter term. I get a good job. I'm making good money. I don't have student debt. Then they often find out through their employer, okay, now I'm going to go on maybe to K-State and work further from there. So it's provided a good seamless transition, but it's provided the fuel for our enrollment growth. We've, we've been working about the idea of a career academy, which is now the College and Career Center. And so right now we're doing a lot of work with the school district, the city and county to make that dream into a reality because it's space is our issue. I'm out of space, the school district's out of space, but we can grow more students, more enrollment. Uh, a lot more we can talk on that sometime. There was a lot of dialogue about converting the uh, East Campus, high school East Campus into a 
a, a career center, but the practical application of that is probably not something that's going to happen. No, it's that's a historic structure, I'll say it that way. Um, and for our programs, with what we do with labs and equipment, we need big open spaces, functional space. You know, I was hoping it would work because it's there. Uh, the school district owns it. It would have been great. But when we started looking more in-depth at some of the issues with that structure and the limits on what we could renovate and what we need to use it for, it wasn't going to work out. Um, instead, we're looking at growing on our own campus, um, and we have that seg- segued into several phases that we're hoping to start working on. You know, exciting times for MATC and great partnership there at the school district. Uh, how about Kansas State University and other higher education institutions? I know you've got some some uh, work that you do together there as well. And, it, and it's growing more and more. Um, the last few months with General Myers as president and then with President Linton here, it's picked up a lot of steam. Uh, we've been working with them through their uh, architecture and construction program along with Habitat for Humanity for a couple of years, working on joint projects helping Habitat in the area. Um, our welding program has worked with one of their engineering programs related to the ATA bus stations, where we've helped uh, build those. Um, more significantly, of course, is with Scorpion. Uh, we offer some things that will help Scorpion, some things that K-State doesn't have related to critical environment technology, industrial engineering tech, biotech. Those things we started ramping up when I got here related to knowing NBAF was going to come online, the Kansas City Animal Health Corridor. And while K-State provides the researchers and the scientists, we provide the support people that keep those facilities safe to operate. And so that's starting to pay off, but that's leading to more and more collaboration and communication with K-State. And Darren, I know you worked a lot with the Scorpion team through the process. They expressed a tremendous amount of of, uh, they were they were very impressed with the MATC offerings. You might talk about that for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say definitely impressed both both with uh, the the offerings, the facilities, the people. Um, you know, I think as they look at this uh, community and at this region, they see a lot of the building blocks in place for them to be able to train talent. They feel like there's an organization uh, in place, at MATC at Kansas State University, and others that are willing and and able partners that are. Great to be part of that. So we really appreciate your willingness and your team's willingness to engage and and uh, and work through that process with Scorpion and and really look forward to uh, the benefits of that in the future. Well, we're we're excited you you gave us an opportunity to be part of it, and I think we all know if we can be successful with Scorpion, it leads to more great things. And again, that's part of the attraction for us to get students, whether it's high school students or traditional aid students. Uh, many of our students so enjoy that hands-on from day one in the class doing things. And it's okay to fail. When we tell them we'd rather have you screw up in our lab than on the job. But they learn those activities. They learn those procedures. And uh, it's been fun. You know, we should ask you this earlier. And you talked about the number of high school students. But overall, how many students do you have at MATC? We have around 1,200. Right now, it is probably, we have about uh, 500, well, almost 600 that are high school students taking early college with us overall. So it's about 50-50. A lot of our students are there for one year. We do a lot of certificates. We can do Associate of Applied Science degrees, but many of our students get a certificate. With tech programs, they all have an internship, and so employers are recruiting them almost from day one, and they have a chance to go make 
pretty good money without worrying about an associate degree. Uh, an example is we teach people to be electric linemen. It's a one-year program, starts in January, ends in December. In the summer, they spend time working with one of the area power companies. Um, they usually are the first job offer for those guys coming out with just one year of college and that certificate. They starting pay is usually between sixty-five and eighty-five thousand a year. That's pretty good when you're 18, 19 years old, but you're playing with danger all the time. Uh, with welding, we teach people to become pipeline welders, and if they're willing to go around and wildcat that, we've had some of our former students making over three thousand a week doing that. Well, again, when you're in that age range. That's a good thing to do. Nursing's different, but overall, I mean, we have like a 96, 97% job placement rate, even through COVID, because everybody needs workers. And it is interesting you brought up debt. And, and college debt is such a big issue right now in terms of people graduating from four-year institutions with just thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. And this is an option for somebody who may not be interested in that, that they can come get some kind of a certificate or associate degree and go to go to work a lot faster. You don't have the debt. You're earning a living a lot sooner. Um, that's, is that something that a lot of your students talk about when they come in? A lot of them understand it more than we think they do. Um, it's taken a while for some of the parents to understand that. And the whole idea of you have to do something after high school, some kind of post-secondary education to get those kind of jobs. Um, our, our student loan default rate is only 2%. Average student debt's under 9000 when they leave. And yeah, they're, here, here's the astounding fact, folks. You ready? 86% of my graduates stay in our service area after they graduate. They're working. They're paying taxes. They're buying groceries, cars, houses. It's an economic engine in and of itself. And, and that's one of the things that, again, kind of people are taken aback by that. But that's what I'm feeding. I'm feeding that local workforce, and we keep the world working. Yeah, one of the things that I've talked to kids about, not only do you get all the benefits of lower debt, if any, uh, get a, a well-paying job a lot faster, but in, but in most of these cases, you can actually become your own boss and, and be a contractor or open your own business. Uh, and it's much easier to do it from one of these technical trade jobs than it actually is from most degree field. Uh, we, and we have a very good business department, so many of our students take some courses to understand that. They start networking with employers. And oftentimes we try to reinforce to them, you're going to be working for an employer who doesn't have a succession plan. No one in the family wants to take it over. You've got a great chance to take over an established business. So again, that's good for the community. One other thing I found interesting, I had the opportunity to come out a while back and be part of a, a ribbon cutting on a new lab that you all opened up. And and as we change to more uh, to robotics and to, to, you know, the workplace is changing. There's some great opportunities for kids that maybe aren't going into traditional uh, industrial settings. So it's an industrial engineering tech lab uh, that was funded through a grant from the State Department of Commerce. Uh, we work with a group called NC3, the National Coalition of Certification Centers, which was started by Snap-on Tools. So there are several Fortune 500 companies that are part of this group. And what they do is they work with two-year colleges and schools so that we learn their curriculum, if you will. We have a train-the-trainer process for our faculty. So we're going to use the Festo curriculum. Festo is a world leader in control systems. This lab teaches the beginnings of electricity, you know, understanding of electricity, pneumatics, hydraulics, robotics, um, programmable logic controllers, and even then the assembly line operation. A lot of what we've done with that, with critical environment technology and information networking tech, is all related to smart systems, smart buildings, because that's how everything is going to work that isn't already. And you get to an operation like Scorpion or NBAF BRI, and we worked a lot with BRI in setting some of this up. It's that understanding of how somebody, whether it's an HVAC, a networking tech, 
construction trades understands how these systems all come together and what you have to do to either fix a problem or improve something. And so I, I'm pretty proud of the fact we're a leader in helping to do a lot of that training. And a lot of people are just blown away with what we can do. We're not changing. We're not teaching people how to just to change oil anymore. No, you're learning how to run a factory and the system that runs that factory. It's fascinating stuff. So you've actually accomplished a lot. Uh, tell us a little bit more about some of your highlights uh, of your tenure at MATC. I tell people all the time, I have the greatest job in the world. Um, I've worked for universities. I've worked for community colleges. This is the most and quickest direct impact on changing people's lives. So my highlights are commencement every year, and our commencements are a party. Um, I tell people, no golf claps. You're going to cheer. You can't do anything obscene, profane, or no air horns in somebody's ear. Other than that, anything goes. I'm out. <laughs> and, and it's fun when we have different people come and speak uh, at our ceremonies, and they're just kind of blown away with it. And when we walk out, we don't walk out to pomp and circumstance. We walk out to Queen singing, we are the champions, because I'm a little rogue. But grad commencement every year is the highlights. We do two, one in December, one in May. Staying accredited and meeting those expectations, uh, the program accreditations in nursing, uh, auto tech, et cetera, the growth with the school districts, establishing our first off-campus center in Wamego. It's all cool things, but it's because of our board believing in what we're doing and faculty and staff that believe in what we're doing and are proud of what they do. Uh, I just get to hallucinate and tell the story. Uh, they do all the hard stuff. So we're following up real quick on the facility issue. You you talked about um, doing the Career Center on campus. Uh, you've talked about Wamigo. You, you have a pretty aggressive facility strategy. Maybe Maybe talk about what you've done the last few years and then what your plan is going forward. It started with our original building, um, which is about 60 years old, and a new roof that we needed a few years ago. The city has helped the college from time to time with some forgivable economic development loans, and we bought some modular units from the Chapman Tornado and from Fort Riley with the new hospital. But we've always hit our targets, and the city was gracious enough to, to wipe out those forgivable loans so we could afford to finance a new roof on our main building. That You wouldn't think a new roof changes things, but it changed the image of the college right there along with the substation. The modular units, I've disliked them from day one, but again, they're functional. They fill their purpose. But how do we put in what we need? We were dreaming that when all of a sudden the chance in Wamigo came around with Blue Stem and to get their property, Kitty Corner from the high school. And so, again, working with our board and a company that works with public entities, we were able to swing financing that property and renovating it through a combination of donations, grants, gifts, and a little bit of borrowing. So at Wamigo, we have three buildings there, so we can do some gen ed, some basic IT networking stuff. Um, healthcare was the first thing we put in place with both CNA and EMT training. Our hope is after we finish our reapproval on nursing accreditation this fall, is to go to the State Board of Nursing and add a PN cohort that can be based in Wamigo. Um, we'll be adding welding, electrician training there. Automotive tech is coming soon. Um, because you look at the school districts in Pot County, especially Wamigo, Rock Creek, the growth is, is phenomenal. Highway 24, even before Scorpion's announcement, we know that's where things are going to go. We work with a local architecture company, and they, they looked at the ninth grade center, but then they looked at our property and came back with a plan. And it's a combination, of, again, of functional space. So phase one that we're looking to hopefully kick off before long would replace all the modular units on the east side of campus with prefab steel, about 47,000 square feet, which would be about three times as much space as I currently have in those modulars. 
but that would allow us to increase capacity for things related to Scorpion with biotech, biomanufacturing, industrial engineering tech, but also to double the enrollment in construction trades, to put in a program to teach plumbing, which everybody needs. Um, my big issue is space. Not even counting high schools, high school students taking enrollment with us, every year our tech program's applications run about 140% over capacity. So I think the demand is there. The jobs are there, even with the economy might wavering some. We know what's going to happen around here. And so we are getting very aggressive, but I've got to have people willing to invest in us to make it happen. We turn out on an $8 million budget every year, about $25 million in economic impact. So you're, you'll be out looking for funding to do the facility. We're looking for everything. Here. We have very flexible naming rights. You know, the Darren Solden building of industrial technology would look pretty cool. It, it it would look cool. We might have to might have to check with the uh, with the wife about the ability <laughs> to make that contribution. You also you also I was going to say you might have to set those naming rights very low to get a chamber yeah. employee to be able to afford those. But but the cool thing like we had the Kansas State University Dean's Council on campus a few months ago. First time that's ever happened. Very positive. Uh, we had 383's high school faculty and staff come out a couple of years ago for in-service, half day of in-service, and they see what we have, and, and it changes their perception of that Votech model. And, and those are all the things that we keep pushing. And again, a lot of people in the area think we get tax dollars. We don't. But again, the trade-off is I don't have all the governance in the way of a school district or a university, so we can move quickly like with Scorpion, et cetera. So that kind of leads into our next question. You do a lot of specific work with companies, so uh, where you go in and do customized training or, or establish programs. Um, give some examples where you've done that and, and why is that important to this community in our region? Good question. I'll give you several quick examples. Uh, first one is working with Riley County Emergency Management Services. Uh, the college a few years ago did not have or let go of its EMT program. We brought it back working with them. Uh, like I said, this year we'll start advanced EMT. We purchased a used ambulance a few months ago. Uh, we're working on curriculum to add over the next couple of years the paramedic role and then fire science. Um, those kind of positions are critical to public safety in the area, but they're also a good way for people to find out, do I want to go into a career in that area? It's a stepping stone, just like CNA is with nursing. Uh, nursing's another good example. We work with Via Christi, with Meadowlark, with Stormont Vale, with many of the clinics in town. But all of our tech programs have advisory groups made up of these regional employers, so we get feedback. But we, they're not supposed to be a yes committee. They're supposed to be a why are you doing this and I need this and give us that feedback. Um, with construction trades, they have what we call a business industry leadership team. Some of the companies on there are like BHS, KBS, um, uh, high tech uh, slash the new name, which just escaped me. Um, Icon, thank you. But those, those folks work with not just our teacher, but with our students. And so our students go to some of those job sites, see how things are done. Those employers come on our campus, look our, use our lab teaching how to do those things. The lineman training, we, ha we lease land over by Keats. It's nasty kind of rugged land. They do a lot of their training there, setting up poles, transformers, lines. But then the power companies come there for a hotline camp every year. But it's also a chance to see not just train their own people, but see our hot dog students and start recruiting them. So those are just some examples. Every program, every tech program has that kind of relationship with area employers to help drive that we're training people the right way. What is the exact definition of a hot dog student? Well, my definition, because this is what I tell them, it's not just to learn the skills related to the trade. Can you be polite and respectful? Can you be dependable and reliable? Can you pass the drug test? Can you work with people and come up with a plan, but at the same time, 
listen to the boss and follow directions. That's hot all. dog. That becomes a hot dog. Yeah, hot dog. Well, we've learned an awful lot today and, and appreciate you being here. As we kind of wrap things up, tell us what, if there's one thing to take away, one thing people need to know about MATC um, or, or things that are coming up with MATC, what would you say that is? The most important thing is we change people's lives. We also run the adult learning program for the region, and we've had over 100 people earn that GED over the last few years. About 40% of those folks stay with us, stay in the area. Again, that adds to the workforce, it adds to residents. Uh, we've taken on some of the Afghan refugees, training them through adult learning. Uh, we have some Ukrainians coming soon. People may not realize, but we touch all those lives in different ways. Um, again, when you come to a commencement and the family's there and they're watching their grandson, granddaughter get a nursing degree, get the welding degree, etc., and they're cheering because we've just changed their lives. They're going to make good money. They're going to serve people. They're going to keep the world working. That's what we do. Well, Jim, we appreciate you being with us today um, and answering those questions. We also appreciate your membership in the chamber and and uh, agreeing to also serve as an ex officio member on our board. And and you come to all of our meetings and contribute on those key issues. And, and that input is very important. So thanks for being connected. So the last thing we have is our rapid fire questions. And okay. so are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what is something people often find surprising about you? Uh, that I was an actor for a while in community theater, and I starred in four or five shows over about a three-year period. Nice. What was uh, the most famous of those? Inherit the Wind. Okay. I've seen that movie. Absolutely. What are you currently reading or is your favorite book? Currently reading uh, Ray Dalio, The Changing World Order, uh, the guy who runs the Bridgewater Hedge Fund. It's uh, quite informative and disturbing. What are three things you can't live without? Diet Coke, rock I, I music. Was gonna, I was going to say <laughs> Diet Coke. Diet Coke, rock music, and something to read. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Always err on the side of helping somebody. Second commandment. What is something you would like to try but haven't had the opportunity? I want to go into outer space. Oh, I don't think I do. I'd, I'd do it I'm in scared. Of, I'm scared of heights. I don't know yeah, if you're scared up there, but I would be. Yeah. What, what three words describe living in Manhattan? Entertaining. Um, is that just board meetings? No, just you, you look at the, the variety of things to do in this community. I agree. Uh, it's it's wild. I'm the chamber. I'm the chamber guy, though. I have to agree with that. Okay, entertaining. Sorry, I didn't mean interrupt education, you. whether it's formal or informal. Uh, and and I really think there's a lot of things in the community that empower people. Uh, again, you've got if if you want to change yourself, we've got ways to do it all over town. I agree with that too. Favorite pet. I had, I've had a few dogs, but my favorite was a all-purpose, all-breed named Bubba, and uh, he loved to have me practice my chip shots in the backyard, and he would chase down the ball. That's a heck of a dog right it there. Was, he was. He was great. My, my dogs don't do that. Okay, so this will be an interesting question, because I know you're a rock aficionado. Uh, give us your first concert and your favorite concert. My first concert was actually the final concert of Kenny Rogers in the first edition, when Kenny Rogers had a rock group. Nice. Uh, my favorite uh, actually hit me last week because one of the members uh, passed on at the age of 80, uh, Seals and Cross from the mid-70s. Yeah. Their concert was like being in a sound studio. Those guys were pretty talented. Uh, you can have dinner with any four people in the world. Who is on your invite list? Noah, because I really want to understand how they coped on the ark. That is the first time I think I've ever heard Noah as an answer to that question. So. Well, you know, I run a tech college, so I want to know about the construction of the ark I, and the maintenance. I get it. Hey, listen, I get it. I get it. Critical it environment. That was the original. Um, Abe Lincoln, because I've always been fascinated with Lincoln. Um, 
another politician that a lot of people don't remember anymore. Uh, she led Israel through a couple of wars. Gold in my ear. I, I, I think she's fascinating. And then I'd love to have a conversation with Vince Lombardi. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, what is your favorite business book? Uh, it's called uh, The Fifth Discipline. Uh, it's about learning organizations written by an MIT professor named Peter Singe. Jim, thanks for being with Thank us. You. I do have one thing before before we uh, um, sign off on today's show. So you and I have Oklahoma in common. You lived in Oklahoma. I lived in Oklahoma. And you were at Northeastern Oklahoma and A&M. Are you and I the only two people in Manhattan that know how to correctly pronounce the name of the town that Northeastern A&M is in? Miami, Oklahoma. Miami, Oklahoma. Right. So for those of you out there, if you ever are in what looks like Miami, Oklahoma, if you're there, make sure you pronounce it Miami. Miami. The closing trivia on that. That was a site to train Royal Air Force pilots in World War II from, from England. And there are a few of them buried there that died in training accidents. And I worked with the veterans when I was at NEO. Wow. And it's, that was really something. Um, on a different subject, were there any famous football players there while you were there? Was Jeremy uh, Shockey? Jeremy there? Shockey was yeah. the main one. Okay. But we, we had a kid, didn't become as famous, but uh, he had a very interesting name. And he was a great kid, but he played quarterback. His name was Cocaine Mothershed. So on that, I think we'll end uh, today's <laughs> Uh, episode of Think MHK podcast from the Ad Astracast Studios. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.